this week on Inside Motorsport, we talk about motor racing in China. I hope you'll stay with us. Shane Rogers is joining us on the line now, and Shane is the category manager for Formula Renault in China. And uh, Shane, it's only one of many hats you're wearing these days, but I wanted to chat to you about being an Aussie motor racing fan, but working in series that are, are certainly not in English-speaking countries. Uh, hi, Craig. Thanks for having me, firstly. Um, yeah, it's uh, very different. Um, we're lucky that um, the primary language of, of the two series that uh, I'm mainly involved with is English. Um, however, I've got a um, very competent uh, group of staff uh, underneath me, um, primarily, primarily led by my assistant race director, Diana Rosario, who speaks uh, uh, Mandarin and Cantonese, uh, which helps us with uh, stuff like driver's briefings and interactions with local officials uh, and all the things you need to get done in a race meeting. Um, we'll tend to rely on the written word a bit as well, more than the spoken word. So um, things like race management channels we tend not to have because they're not the most efficient way to communicate to teams. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot of difference. Um, yeah, the language of motor racing is universal. Um, the, the blue flag means the same thing in all languages, and so does the yellow one, and so does the red one. <laughs> How did you get involved in the racing series over in China? Um, as you know, Craig, I've been around geez, for 20 years now and doing all sorts of different, different things, but um, uh, I, got a, I got a request from, a, from Australia asking uh, if I'd be interested from a Formula 3 team who was involved in some stuff in Asia um, as well, from Terry Stott, who works at Harvest Motorsport. And he said, oh, there's, a, there's an opportunity in Asia for someone with your skill base and, and sort of did some inquiries and a couple of interviews. And and, uh, and before you know it, I was uh, sorting out the regulations for the next series. So it was simply a case of, um, of uh, good networking and a, and a bit of luck and the right time more than anything else. Mm. Now, the organisation you're working with, as I mentioned, running Formula Renault, but... They also have a, a LMP3 program, and uh, in fact, the company has got uh, cars running in even the, the Middle Eastern TCR series. Yeah, they've, they've played in all sorts of different things. So at the moment, they've got the moment they've got um, the two Formula Renault series, well, the two Renault series they run, which is a which are full Renault Sport series, Asian Formula Renault, which is one of the three Formula Renaults worldwide, two liter uh, open wheeler, you know, a mini Formula Three. Um, all the right cost controls, probably um, €120,000 to run one for a season. Uh, then you've got a, um, a Renault Clio Cup, which is just in China, and that's very similar to a, um, you know, one of those one-make series that you get here, like a mini challenge or, or something like that. Um, they also then last year have launched a uh, LMP3 series in China, uh, which is the, the third Le Mans prototype category, um, and they had... Uh, uh, 12 cars in that for most of the rounds uh, with a mixture of local and, and regional teams. Uh, and then on top of that, they've got the, um, the factory Ford team in the Chinese Touring Car Championship, which I'm not involved in, but but also, uh, as you would imagine, for such a big operation, consumes a fair a fair bit of resource as well. So, um, yeah, they're very busy, and you, um, it's uh, you know, a fairly busy place, even at, the, um, even at quiet times like now. Formula Renault is worldwide very large. How's it in China? Because we don't have Formula Renault here in Australia. 
No, it's um, it's probably the healthiest open wheel category in the region. Um, as you know, if you've been watching um, uh, open wheel racing in the region, the Formula Fours, especially in China and Malaysia, are still struggling to get off the ground properly, and that'll come, but it'll take time. Um, we're at we're, we had about an average of twenty point four for the season last year. Um, Seventeen of those were current spec. Formula Renault cars, which are the same ones that run in Formula Renault Euro Cup and Formula Renault Northern European Cup. Um, so the series is, is, is by standard, an open wheel series, very healthy. Um, of course, we'd like to try and make it better, but um, uh, you know, there's, there's constraints to that, and there's and there's all sorts of the you know, um, disadvantages of being in a regional series like that. But there's also lots of opportunities as well, and and. Um, China's growing so quickly at the moment and, and they're just starting to get the benefits of that investment that Formula One made, you know, 10 to 15 years ago, having having you know, raced there now for some time, they have some brand awareness and, and the young kids are wanting to do open wheelers. Mm. The LMP3 is, uh, as you would suggest, the third, well, actually, no, it'd be the fourth tier of Le Mans it's, it's, the, it's the third. Yeah, it's the third tier, effectively. Third? Yeah. Okay. So there's LMP one, two, and and it's three. Um, the the third tier runs uh, in a combination of national series, and they run in European Le Mans series and and Asian Le Mans series as well. So there's a um, one of the reasons there'll be a few people missing from Bathurst for the twelve hour is that they're in an Asian Le Mans series round in Sepang the same weekend. Um, but um, and and so we've got a couple of cars uh, that are running in our series there. And they'll come back for our series, which runs in the Asian Le Mans off season, which is March to October. And how is the economy over there um, in China to be able to support all this racing that's going on? Well, you know, when you think about the size of China, you compare it to Australia. It's um, you know, you've got a, a billion people to market to, so the um, the overall economy obviously is growing at a rapid rate as it becomes um, increasingly uh, westernised. There are opportunities there for all sports. And um, as we've seen with uh, uh, Port Adelaide playing games in China and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the overall economy almost overrides all the, all the local factors and the sport factors, but it's up to motorsport to get its market share. So, so um, yeah, the sport's growing at a fairly rapid rate and there's lots of, you know, people that go to a car race that have never been before. Um, but the challenge is to get them to be the to be the fans and the champions for the, the sport in the long term, become the generational fans that sustain the interest of the sport for the next twenty years. I know that uh, you've been very excited about what you experienced last year and uh, the diversity of racing you were seeing. What are the tracks like? We all know about the uh, Formula One circuit in Shanghai, but what are the other race tracks like? Um, the ones I experienced were amazing. I mean, the level of facility would be, um, you know, equivalent to anything here. You know, in terms of in terms of our permanent facility, you could expect anything that's been built in the last four or five years to be, you know, Bathurst spec in terms of the facilities, and it would be FIA grade two or three, depending on the circuit. So the, the circuits have usually plenty of runoff. They're nice and wide. They've got all the right things. Um, they do all the right things. The the, the um, some of the circuits are a little bit older that were built in sort of the first generation, I suppose you'd speak. Like so, Zhuhai originally was built for the originally to get the Chinese Grand Prix, so it's now 20 years old and and has hallmarks of a 20 year old circuit. But the you know the runoff is immense. 
um, and the circuit links are all, um, you know, four or five kilometres. Um, I went to Zhejiang. For each, we had the first um, publicly attended event at Zhejiang, which was talked about with the supercars people a while back. And um, and it's a, it's an interesting circuit. It's 3.1 kilometres. So it's the same length as, uh, as Winton, but it's got six more corners. It's got 17 turns. Um, but it's got a one-kilometre section where there's like three kinks, so it's you know, flat out, and then it's got a twisty bit that's got as many turns as Winton pretty much in two kilometres. So um, it's a really interesting circuit uh, from, a, from a point of view of someone uh, who comes from circuits where we expect them either tight and twisty or, or really long. It's sort of in between, that one. But um, generally the circuits are of a, a quality that's, that's way better than here simply because they're all new, and the, and the dollars spent on the facilities is mega. And, and we're going to more new circuits next year. We're going to Ningbo. And um, and so we expect, you know, I expect the same level of facility. I Callum Bend a couple of weeks ago for a quick look around. And I was probably, I'm probably in the minority, but it's, it's you know, the facilities are great and they're what, they're what you expect. But, um, you know, I've seen a couple of those now. So it's like, you know, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be better than, than some of the stuff I've seen in China. But, it won't be that much better. And obviously a lot of Australians uh, in roles similar to you in marketing communication roles have uh, set their sights on going to Europe. Uh, certainly engineers look at Europe and America as their opportunity to uh, make fame and fortune. What uh, what was the reason behind going to Asia? Uh, look, for me, it's an opportunity to develop my skills in a different environment. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm at a stage where... Um, I've done a fair bit here at, at category level and there are only so many opportunities with categories and, and most of the opportunities are, in a lot of ways, it's a closed shop unless you wanted to sort of drop down a level and, and sort of you know, go to somewhere bigger and, and, um, and do, a lower, do a lower role. So, you know, I saw it as an opportunity to do something big picture. I'm, I'm a person with a, a lot of breadth and depth so I'd find, you know, if I was locked into just a role in one section, I'd probably get a bit bored. Um, so the challenge of, you know, the logistics of our world, of this world is, is, is the thing that sort of attracts me and the opportunity to, to be involved in the growth and make it better. I think you know, it's a very exciting time to be in that part of the world and, um, and that's the thing that, make, that makes it particularly attractive. But I think, I think for anyone who's thinking about being involved in motorsport overseas at any level, you just got to go and do it because your the skills you get are skills that you probably won't get here. Mm. And what about the uh, particularly the China Middle Eastern uh, um, ro- not rivalry? How, how's the relationship between the Chinese motor racing and and Middle Eastern? Because that's a not a far trip for the series to be crossing back and forth. <sighs> Yeah, it's, look, it's, it's further than you think. Um, they're almost two separate worlds at the moment. Um, there's not many series that, that break the divide. So, um, you know, we don't tend to get any um, people that are, that are looking at our market segment in both our series, not really looking at something in the Middle East and doing an exact comparison, probably because there's not really something to compare with. Um, they tend to run most of their domestic motor racing in our summer, whereas China tend to run in our winter. So in a lot of ways, they sort of complement each other. Um, you would have noticed in Open Wheel Land, for example, there's the MRF Challenge that sort of runs around India and, and UAE Formula 4 is on at the moment. But there's not a lot on, you know, in the real world 
um, during the year in that part of the world. So um, uh, there's probably no, you know, the rivalry there is probably less than the rivalry between, uh, say, Australia and China in terms of, you know, opportunities. Mm. Um, I think I think um, there's a lot more opportunities for um, uh, young drivers, especially to get some different ranges of experience uh, over there for a, for a relatively cheap price tag compared to what you do something like that here. So, um, yeah, it's it's not it's not that intense to be honest. The rivalry between China and the Middle East. I think I think it's more at the Grand Prix level where you know they're they're battling it out to get another slot on the calendar. Mm. And what about for uh, Australian races? How is the uh, how have Australian races embraced the opportunity of running at a a, a, a series, a professional series over in China. Have many taken up that uh, opportunity? Uh, we've had a few in our different series. Oh, you know, even looking back before my time in, in Formula Renault, we've had a few come over. It's not as many as I expect, given the um, given the relative cost and all that sort of stuff. But you, know, you do have to get yeah. on a plane and, and fly eight hours before you see any racetracks. So that's also understandable as well. But... Um, yeah, the the ones that do do it tend to tend to like it. The, the challenge, you know, with all these places is, is often the cultural things. You know, if you're a driver, like getting good food and all that sort of stuff that you would that you take for granted when you you know pack up and go to Benalla. Um, it's a bit different when you're in a place part of the world where it's where it's you know the food's different and all that sort of stuff. So um, some people struggle with the cultural side, but um, look, generally the people that I've found that have come over, you know, want to come back. So, um, you know, the opportunity to race on such good circuits and, and you know, track time's pretty good as well. Like, you know, for example, we everyone goes, one of our disadvantages is we only run two races of race meeting, but those two races are 32 minutes. So, um, and they are genuine 32 minutes. Whereas if you run three Formula Ford races a year or three Formula Four races, you won't get anywhere near that. You know, you'll get about the same track time, but in three races, if you're lucky, you know. So, um I think I think you know the, the benefits probably outweigh the opportunities. It's just that it's just that cost to get on the plane and then and then overcoming the the perception that, that will start to change over the next you know five to ten years that this, this series isn't strong because the drivers in the region aren't strong. But I think that'll change as the talent pool starts to develop. So um, we've had our first um, Asian Asian Formula Renault winner you know most recently. So um, and he's fifteen. So um, I think there's opportunities for uh, um, the best Australian kids to start to test themselves in that environment. And it's a good intermediate step between, you know, a lot of these Formula Ford kids are doing Formula Renault Euro Cup. It's a good intermediate step. You can jump in the same car for, you know, half the price or a third of the price um, and get some track time. Mm. And when you're pitching to the driver market, are you pitching to the Chinese and Asian, Southeast Asian market, or are you pitching a lot wider net nowadays? We we, we tend to have a, a regional focus, and that's and that's because we find that the series goes better when it has um, local and regional competition. So we tend to focus on the on the ten countries in the FIA Asian zone, which is the um, you know, China, Indonesia, Philippines, um, Singapore. Uh, Macau, Hong Kong, sort of region, but um, you know certainly if the driver comes from another part of the world and he's he's keen, where obviously the doors open. It's just um, um, usually uh, at this stage where we we tend to attract the locals more. But that's um, I think I think 
aged Formula Renault in a lot of ways is a bit of a hidden gem. It sort of flew under the radar in the last couple of years with all the um, the restructuring that's going on at FIA level. And, um, you yeah, know, there was an announcement uh, very recently that um, there's going to be an Asian Formula 3 uh, next year as well. And I think, you know, both of those could represent pretty good value. Mm. Well, Shane, we could talk a lot more, but uh, time has beaten us. Thanks very much for joining us here on Inside Motorsport. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.